0: All throughout life, young people face so many questions. Questions about God, Jesus, the Bible, heaven, hell, sin. Questions about faith, work, relationships, sex, the future, God's plan, and so much more. Oftentimes these questions never get asked and unanswered questions turn into doubt and discouragement. That's why I started this podcast. My name is Aaron Salvato. I spent years as a youth pastor and I truly believe that it is the responsibility of church leaders to engage with questions. Over the years, I've collected hundreds of questions from students, and as we work our way through them, I can promise you this. I won't always have all the answers, but I'll always do my best to point our attention back to the one who does have all the answers. I'm Aaron Salvato, and you're listening to Ask a Youth Pastor. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Ask a Youth Pastor. This is Aaron Salvato. I'm your host, and this is episode number two, as I just stated. Um, We are going to be answering more of your questions. Tonight will probably be a shorter episode. And I want to do something that I've been wanting to do way back since when I started this podcast, so like yesterday, And that is bringing on some guest speakers or some guest question answerers to answer some questions. So I have a special guest for you guys tonight. It's my friend, Chris Dufour. So Chris, introduce yourself.
1: Hi, this is Chris Dufour. I'm a youth pastor at Calvary Chapel Santee. I've been doing it for almost 10 years now and Aaron asked me to answer a question so I'm gonna give it my best shot Uh, Aaron and I met uh, I think five or six years ago at a youth workers conference and I just remember we were uh, having some kind of a conversation that entailed graphic design and how much we loved it and uh, since then uh, I've uh, gotten to know him and uh, we've shared many many things online back and forth resources and graphics and uh, you know just different things about youth ministry so Uh, I was excited to help out with his new podcast. So uh, here it goes. Let's see if I can answer this question.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, Chris is a beautiful man with a beautiful beard that I've been envious of for many, many years. Chris, this question is actually a two-part question, and it's all about dealing with difficult families. So I'm going to turn it over to you, and I might interject a little bit, but let's hear your thoughts on the first part of the
1: question okay so the question is how do you deal with conflicts between your parents and what God wants you to do and how do you stop fighting with them and get them to realize what God wants them to do this is a great question I'm currently uh, actually discipling a student with this very struggle and it can be really hard when you have unbelieving parents who don't understand or support you in your faith but there's kind of two parts so I'm gonna try to answer the two parts of the question the first one with how do you deal with conflicts between your parents and what God wants you to do. And the struggle here is that kids and parents, believing or even non-believing sometimes, will always have some conflict and different opinions on what they should or shouldn't do. It's just naturally what parents and kids are going to do, especially if there's different faiths involved.
0: Yeah, man, totally true there's so many times I feel like where I'm talking to a parent of a teenager and they're just, they, they, they feel almost like their kid is from a different dimension. Like they just stepped out of a portal and like their values and their style and like everything they stand for is completely different. And if you're you're a teenager listening to this, that's not to be insulting, but it's just like, things are changing like really really fast like I feel like my wife and I talk about this all the time but it's almost like like you know there's different uh different generations like you've got the baby boomers and uh the greatest generation generation x so right now uh me and Chris we are a part of the millennial generation but so are like the people who are uh 14 15 16 17 and it's almost like There should have been like a generational gap in between the two of those because there's so many differences. Um, Technology has just caused things to change so fast. And I mean, really, Chris, this is a question for a young person who's dealing with these generational differences. They're dealing with the differences between them and their parents. And, you know, I feel like the culture doesn't really give us a clear path. Like if you look at culture, it doesn't give us clear direction or
1: clear path on how, to move forward on this so uh, what do you think but the bible is really clear multiple times it says to respect and honor your parents we're called over and over again in the bible to do this Uh, and it's literally the fifth commandment to honor your mother and father but i think ephesians 6 1 through 3 lays it out perfectly it says children obey your parents in the lord for this is right honor your father and mother for this is the first commandment with promise that it will, may go well with you and that you may, not, you may live long in the land. It's pretty amazing that um, this is one of the commandments and it has a promise that you will live well in the land and live longer. So honor your parents. God knows what parents you have. He knows who he gave you. So even if you think they're being ridiculous, you need to try and respect and love them as much as possible. Um, and sometimes that's difficult, but this is what we're called to do. And there's really only two small caveats to this. One would be if your parents ask you to do anything immoral or illegal for some reason. Obviously, if they do anything like that, you have the legal right to refuse. uh, Lovingly, but still refuse. Two, if they ask you to do anything that is contradictory to God's word. God's word is always first in a Christian's life. Um, and so we need to make sure that that's always first but usually this is the exception and it rarely is what really happens I've I have do not even know if I can remember one case where a parent actually contradicted the Bible um, for something they wanted their student to, or their kid to do or, or something illegal um, but if that does happen you can lovingly d- decline but for the most part we can love respect and honor our parents wishes and in that way truly show the love of Christ. Super
0: wise wisdom from a buddy Chris here. I'm going to interject because something he said totally got me thinking about how there are times where parents can actually steer us the wrong way. I know it's rare. If you're a parent listening to this, please do not throw your smartphone against the wall and like just turn off this show and never listen again because you know if you're listening to this show you're probably one of the good parents let's just be honest if you're listening to a show about youth ministry well done good on you Um, but I actually knew a guy and when he was growing up his dad actually encouraged him to go out and have sex with as many people as possible he actually like would buy him like protection and just say, all right, son, get out there and have a good time. So that's an example of uh, things not going well in that category. Uh, parents leading their kids astray. Um, I also saw a parent one time encouraging their kids to fight against other kids um, verbally, like the, the parent was sort of an angry person and they encouraged their kids to be angry at kids at their school who were causing issues and um, it was just tragic to see the kids totally follow the footsteps of their parents in that circumstance. And it totally led those kids away from being like Christ. Jesus tells us not to strike out against your enemies, to turn the other cheek, to be humble. And so, you know, you can have Christian parents and they can actually point you in the wrong direction, sad to say. And so um, in those circumstances, I think the best thing to do is actually to call that out, like to be like, hey, mom, dad, we're followers of Jesus, and the thing that you're telling me to do, that's actually against what the Bible says. I don't think you should ever do that in a rude way, or in a way where you're trying to like prove your parents wrong in some weird power play. Not at all. What, what I think you should be doing is appealing to your parents is like, hey, you're a fellow follower of Jesus, just like me, and the thing that you're telling me to do does not line up with the teachings of Jesus. And at that point, it's on the parent to either realize that they're wrong in the situation or they're just gonna be like, nope, this is what I'm saying, it's my way or the highway. And at that point, as a kid, you have to respectfully disobey because the law of Jesus goes even above the law of honoring your parents. And you can disobey your parents um, if they're telling you to do something sinful. You can disobey them in a way that is still honorable to them where you're not treating them like a complete jerk, but you're still standing up for what's right. And I know a lot of you guys won't have to face that, but the reality is some of you guys will. So just keep that in mind. Um, Chris,
1: can you hit that second question for us? The next part of the question says, how do you stop fighting or get them to realize what God wants them to do? This part of the question is more about the struggle of having family who don't believe and who you see doing the wrong thing. And how do you get them to realize what God wants? Well, the simple answer is you don't, don't fight them. It takes two people to fight or more, and you need to choose not to fight with them sharing faith should never be a fight or an argument if it gets to that point you need to stop and reassess the situation maybe take a break go pray but you should never be in a fight about your faith um don't try to get them to do anything it's not our job to convict or convert anyone we are simply messengers sowing seeds of the gospel Uh, read the parable of the soils matthew mark luke all have the parable of the soils um So our call is not to fight with them or to convince them of anything. Dude, Chris, so good. I I love
0: that idea. Just that simple idea that you said, how to stop fighting with your family. The answer is just don't fight with them. To literally do what Jesus did and turn the other cheek. I, I think Jesus is totally our example in this because his method of winning is almost by what seems like losing. It's like when you get in a fight, you just your defenses go up, and and you just want to attack the other person. You just want to lash out against your parents and your brothers and sisters, and and to not lash out, it almost feels like it would be losing the fight because the other person gets the last word. But that's actually Jesus's method: is to not fight fire with fire, but to actually fight fire with love. It's like Jesus's whole. Mission is to be a peacemaker. He comes into a world of brokenness where people are fighting tooth and nail against one another, and his whole mission is to bring peace into our universe. I think that's so rad. Like, that's just like my heart for the people listening to this that you guys would be peacemakers in your family that you guys would really like just take on the responsibility to bridge the gap in your families and 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 get in the middle of those fights and totally build a bridge between people in your family who are fighting um, to lay down kind of the weapons of of war in those conversations and instead try to bring peace but You know, I think that's a huge responsibility, and I think a lot of times uh, youth can struggle. I mean, even as adults, we struggle with the responsibility. It's almost like we hear a message like this, and it's like, oh, man, it's all on me. I have to fix everything. I have to do it all. I don't know, Chris. What do you think about the struggle with the responsibility?
1: Remember, God and the Holy Spirit are responsible for the harvest we're not responsible for the harvest we're only called to share the gospel and to shine the light um he's going to convict the hearts of those who are ready just like in the parable of the soils the heart needs to be ready and don't be surprised if there's division you know luke 12 lays it out pretty pretty blatantly it says uh do you suppose that i came to bring peace on earth i tell you not at all but rather division For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother. And it goes on. Um, Don't be surprised that your house is divided because you're a believer and your parents aren't. That's natural. In fact, if there was no division, that would be a warning, (laughs) a red flag for you as a believer not to have division. So don't be surprised by that.
0: Chris, thank you so much for your wise words. It's been so good having you on here, just spitting out that straight up good news. Really appreciate it, man. Before we go, do you have any closing words for people who are in this situation? Students who are in... Um, Just a situation right now where they're in a family that has a lot of arguing, um, just a lot of hurtful words, and even students who are in families where maybe um, the people in the family don't know Christ. And it's just that heartbreaking struggle of watching your parents make horrible decisions, or your family members, your brothers and sisters, or even grandparents or aunts and uncles. um, What would you say? What What are your closing words to those who are right now suffering through this issue?
1: Let me close with uh, just a couple things I think uh, you could do if you find yourself in this situation. I would say, one, pray for them and never stop praying for your family. Two, uh, love and respect them like we talked about earlier. Uh, It's one of the biggest ways we show the love of Christ is simply loving and respecting the people around us. And three, invite them to church and share the gospel. You know, never stop inviting them to church. They're going to respect that even if they say no every time. And you never know what will happen. Maybe they'll go and and see some of what you're talking about. And don't be discouraged. I've heard so many stories of entire families coming to Christ because of one son or one daughter. And My pastor is one of those people. In fact, his whole family were not believers before he got saved, and now they all are. So um, don't give up. And keep loving, keep praying, and keep reaching out to them. God bless.
0: This has been my conversation with Chris Dufour on Ask a Youth Pastor. It's been a good time. I feel like I've learned a lot from Chris, and hopefully you have too. I hope you've been encouraged. And uh, if you want to keep listening, if you want to keep checking out what we're doing here on this podcast, we're on iTunes now, so you just go in and you type in Ask a Youth Pastor. And if you would like to submit questions, you can get the app Anchor and search for our podcast Ask a Youth Pastor and just click on the little button that says call in to the show and you can submit a question and we'd love to hear from you guys Uh, it doesn't matter uh, who you are or what your question is just send it in we'll listen to it and uh, if it's a good question for the show we'll put it on and we'll answer it we'd love to have some questions for you that's all for tonight thanks a lot guys have a good one peace out Peace out. Who says that anymore? Oh my gosh. I'm so lame. But it's okay because I'm a youth pastor. So actually, that's probably worse because, oh, what am I doing? I'm so, so lame. Okay. I got to go. Bye.
1: The podcast you just
0: heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app.